grace and peace to you. Today is Wednesday, December 2nd, and I'm Tyler, music minister at Reality SF. In this Advent season as a church, we are exploring the important themes of hope, love, joy, and peace. And today, let's reflect on hope. Hope is the place where expectation and desire embrace. It's a tension that is as ancient as it is sacred, and it's what Advent is all about. Hope has dual citizenship in this life and the next, and today it opens the door for us to bring our full selves into the mysterious already but not yet of life with Jesus, where with one breath we can agree with the psalmist that We have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, and then with the next, we can echo their lament. How long, O Lord? Will you forget me forever? I am uh, not great at multitasking, and so this kind of spiritual multitasking does not always come easy for me to stand waist deep in the rising waters of lament and to sing a song of hope as the waters continue to rise. Not only is it really difficult to hold both of these experiences simultaneously, but sometimes it can also feel foolish or naive, but hope is not naive. It's not foolish because hope is not pretending things are better than they are or believing there will be a happy ending just because that's the way it's supposed to go, right? Hope is seeing the whole story and having confidence that the author will finish what has been started. Christian hope helps us keep one eye on the wrong all around us and one eye on heaven, and it double dog dares us to lift our eyes. I say Christian hope here to differentiate from the casual hope that we hear every day in moments of wishing, like, I hope the weather is nice today, or I hope there's no traffic on the bridge this afternoon. Christian hope, true, real hope is different because it's anchored in something already accomplished in the past that redefines our present and makes possible our perfect future. For the Christian, the future is not up for grabs because the tomb is empty. The resurrected Jesus is the sneak preview of what is in store for us and for all of creation. That in Jesus, the worst thing is not the last thing. And the ever-present promise of the Holy Spirit with us here and now means that despite our circumstances, despite our feelings, despite our outlook or our waxing and waning feelings of trust, the author and perfecter of hope is with us. This is what we celebrate this season. Emmanuel, God with us, the light of the world that steps into the darkness. The Spirit of God is God's way of confirming this, confirming Jesus' words, and surely I am with you always to the end of this age. Advent invites us to embrace this sacred paradox of this already but not yet reality. As we walk the narrow way with the Holy Spirit, where on one side of this tightrope, we see that all is not well, and on the other, that all will be well. Hope sounds a lot like these words from storyteller and minister Frederick Buchner. 
The worst isn't the last thing about the world. It's the next to the last thing. The last thing is the best. It is the power from on high that comes down into the world that wells up from the rock bottom worst of the world like a hidden spring. Can you believe it? The last best thing is the laughing deep in the hearts of the saints. Sometimes our hearts even. Yes, you are terribly loved and forgiven. Yes, you are healed all is well. To enter into Advent is to enter into a place of expectant waiting for all to be made well. This is why in this season we sing things like, Come thou long expected Jesus, hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Sometimes hope can feel like something that I have to muster up. And in harder seasons, like something I have to create out of nothing, like trying to make a fire when all I have is ash or like trying to reverse engineer a loaf of bread from some crumbs that I've found on the floor. But the Apostle Paul doesn't see it like this. Paul sees a clear path from suffering to hope that Hope is not born out of some momentary mustering, not out of how happy I'm feeling or how optimistic I can choose to be in any particular moment, but how it springs forth from a life of faithfulness. This is from Romans 5. We know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. According to Paul, if we persevere, if we are patient, if we're willing to accept our suffering for what it is, not what we wish it would be, suffering can be a garden where hope can grow. And suffering, as I see it, is a garden where two kinds of fruit can grow, despair or hope. The difference seems to be the work that is done in the garden. In Colossians 1, in his letter to the church at Colossae, Paul connects some more of these dots for us. He says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world. Hope is the tree from which the ripe fruits of faith and love and gospel goodness can grow. And suffering is a garden where hope wants to spring up. Hope is not closing our eyes and plugging our ears and pretending that our garden is perfect. And it's not a wish that we'll wake up tomorrow and our garden will have been somehow miraculously weeded for us because hope is not passive. Hope requires our participation with the maker and giver and sustainer of all things who invites us to get into the garden with open eyes and with a prophetic imagination to wade through the mud and to feel the prick of every thorn, to look at what has fallen to the garden floor that seems to be dead and rotting and lifeless, and to remember it is out of the compost that new life is born. Hope is the work of noticing 
that in the dirt and the death, somehow, miraculously, life is breaking through the surface. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. The seeds and saplings of future glory. Hope is the work of getting down in the dirt with the Holy Spirit and planting seeds of faith and love that center our souls on the truth that will bear fruit in all seasons and that will show the love of God to a hurting world until the defiant, joyful hope of Isaiah 9 echoes in every heart. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. So, church, may this wonderful counselor, this everlasting one, the Prince of Peace, may he lead you into the garden, into this Advent season, and may the hope of heaven, which will not put you to shame, my every step of the way. And because I can't help myself, let me send you off with a line from one of my favorite songs. Walk on, walk on, with hope in your heart, and you'll never walk alone. <laughs>